Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, welcome to Kidney Talk. You know, today we're going to be speaking about a subject that everybody needs to know about, and it's having boundaries when you're um, dealing with healthcare professionals, especially when you're going to dialysis three times a week. And for myself, it was really difficult because a lot of the people at dialysis when I was on for 13 years became like family members to me. I saw them more than my own uh, family. Um, They were there and nurturing me uh, through a lot of difficult times. And um, you can blur the line a little bit if you if you don't keep effective boundaries. And it's really important to, you know, build good relationships with your staff and maintain them. So today we have Eileen Rhodes with us. She's the uh, Patient Services Director for Network 18. So welcome to the show, Eileen. Thank you, Lori. So tell us a little bit about, you know, Network 18 and how it relates to people who receive kidney care. Sure. So there's 18 networks across the country, and I am uh, in Network 18, and that is Southern and Central California. And we are contracted by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid to make sure that the quality of care in dialysis facilities in our designated areas is of the appropriate quality um, and that patients have a place to file grievances and get education uh, and all that good stuff. Well, today we're going to talk about having a good relationship with your staff. Um, and this was brought up on an email thread and I'm like, Hey, Eileen, do you want to do an interview about this? Because it's so important because I believe going to dialysis three times a week is often like, you know, getting together for a holiday or something. Sometimes you don't always mix with people and, you know, difficulties can arise if you don't maintain boundaries and have good relationships Then it can make you not want to go to dialysis or have, you'll have conflict at your facility, which is not a good thing. So uh, tell us a little bit about why this subject is so important. Absolutely. So um, at the network, one of the other things that we do is we do assist the uh, dialysis staff at sort of navigating difficult situations that they come across in uh, treating the patients. And sometimes we get concerns uh, from them about uh, some some boundary issues. Uh, We also get concerns reported by patients to us. So patients can call us directly, like I mentioned earlier, to file a grievance with us. And through that, oftentimes, uh, they report to us some interesting situations that occur with the staff. And and typically, what what we find is that there's just been a, a, a violation in a boundary. And essentially, that the boundary is sort of the line that we need to navigate um, in make, making sure that we're keeping a a kind and compassionate relationship, but also to some degree a professional one uh, because there's definitely some things that we need to make sure we're adhering to and that we're respecting people at all times. And like Lori mentioned, you spend so much time at dialysis that it's very easy for those lines to get blurry. Um, The patients oftentimes will view the staff um, as more of a friend and vice versa. The staff start to view the patients as their friends as well. And so sometimes we'll see situations where people kind of slip up 
and cross that boundary. And unfortunately, it can lead to somebody feeling offended or disrespected. Um, off-color jokes can be made sometimes that can get people upset. So making sure that everyone understands what a boundary is and sort of what side of that boundary they need to stay on is really important. Well, I remember back in the 90s, this was actually a boundary that was crossed and it worked out, but the nurse dated the patient and the patient ended up getting transplanted. And um, they were married for years, so they know um, the patient no longer had to be at the unit. But that was probably a boundary that was <laughs> crossed. <laughs> and so dating is not really recommended between the patients and the staff, right? It's not, no. And, and even things like social media, it's such a, a hot thing these days, and it's how people stay in touch and and share things with each other. But even that can, can be a boundary violation because right. it's important that even though we are friendly with each other in the dialysis unit, um, we, there still is that patient-provider relationship, and sometimes too much personal information can really cause issues. Well, an example is is that if you're at dialysis, it's really easy to find somebody on social media if you know their name. So would you suggest that staff do not friend their patients? Because I know it happens. It absolutely does happen, but we do recommend uh, against it. Um, I, you know, I think a good way around it is, is to address it. Um, you know, I appreciate the request. But why don't we just catch up when I get to see you when you're in here for dialysis? So there's sort of a good way to to yeah, say, hey, I want to be in touch, but maybe we should do it in a different way. Well, what's a typical boundary that you hear often that's, you know, the blur, the line's blurry when you get calls from patients or providers? So it's definitely different depending on who calls. So I'll, I'll start with, with what we hear from patients. Um, I, I think a lot of times it, the, the staff maybe feel like they're in good company with the patient, and so they will make um, a joke that they expect to be received uh, better than it ends up being received. They think that perhaps they, they share the same humor, but it actually ends up being offensive. Um, oftentimes we hear that staff actually share some of their work frustrations with patients, which is, is quite problematic. Right. Um, mainly because, you know, for me, I feel like it's the staff's job to ensure that the patients feel safe. And if they're sharing work concerns, that can certainly make a patient feel unsafe in the dialysis facility as if things aren't running well. Right. The eye roll is, I, I know the eye roll, when one staff is doesn't like another staff member and then they want the patient not to like that staff member. So sometimes like their eyes roll or... Oh, you know, they give like an impression that they don't do their job correctly. And and that's a problem right. because that person may be in charge of your care the next time and then your trust is diminished. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So sharing those sort of work frustrations or work gossip, um, you know, that that's never, never appropriate. Um, unfortunately, we also, from both sides, from staff and patients, we do hear that oftentimes there is some boundary crossing um, that can be sexual. So um, some people feeling as if um, the staff or the patient is coming on to them, is flirting with them, 
uh, we have to keep in mind that there's a lot of physical contact that goes on that's required for dialysis. So the staff have to touch the patient. And so it's really important that it's always done in a way that's extremely professional, that the staff are telling the patients what they're doing while they're doing it, so that there's never any sort of misunderstanding um, from anyone in terms of, of what that is. Um, that also goes into, again, any jokes that have any sexual content is not appropriate. Um, commenting on people's appearance or their weight. Uh, sometimes people think that they're, they're giving a compliment, but over and over again, it starts to feel uncomfortable or like, like an unwelcome advance. And so, you know, again, we just have to be very aware of how people are perceiving um, the things that we're doing. To, to add to that, I would also say gift giving. We get calls from, from staff that there's patients that want to give gifts, and we totally understand that the patients want to do that from their heart, that they, they want to show their thanks and appreciation, but oftentimes that's also a slippery slope, um, and so staff is actually uh, told not to accept gifts, and so then that can you know cause an issue that the the right. patient then is offended that nobody wants the gift. But it really is a policy that's put in place to protect everybody, so that there's never really that misunderstanding. Well, and you know, like when the holidays come around, I know that I would always make little gifts for my staff. Uh, that I go to dialysis, like make a little art and craft ornament or something like that, and. I can see. I mean, it, I loved the staff in dialysis. Probably, I have to say, is you know, I spent more time with them than my own family. In fact, I had more renal care professionals at my wedding than my own family. Um, but I grew up with them, and then I went to work in the kidney community. So I guess it maybe was a little different scenario, but they become, you know, it, it is. I can see why there could be boundaries being crossed all the time because staff in dialysis spend probably more time with their patients than they do with their own family. And you do it for right. decades. We're, we have an interview with a, a gentleman who's been on dialysis 40 years. I mean, how can you not, like, be attached <laughs> um, right. to right. that person and and just admire what they've accomplished and still have to be professional. So I, I think it's just important that, that you guys make sure that everyone's on the same page. And I think, right. you know, that's an important part to to the boundary is is a lot of times the crossing is sort of one way because it is a, a misunderstanding of the relationship. So, you know, whenever there's any questions, it's something that there should be a conversation about. And and in terms of gift giving, especially with the holidays coming up, I think if you want to give something to the staff, the, the best way to go about that is to make sure that it's something that can be shared with everyone mm-hmm. and that it's not targeted to any one staff person. So if you idea. wanted to do a little arts and craft, you know, make sure that everybody gets something or make cookies that you that they can put in the staff room and share with everybody. And that's sort of a way to, to make it appropriate and it's not targeted and doesn't doesn't leave room for that sort of misunderstanding of intentions. Well, and uh, one of my doctors is friends with me on Facebook. And it's it's interesting because um, I know that I would never push any boundaries. We're just kind of sharing each other's life, but I wouldn't send him a message about healthcare or I wouldn't comment on anything. And I actually do see that sometimes where um, in different bulletin boards, like 
there's healthcare professionals and patients, and they're kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit on what you should be, you know, you shouldn't give advice. You should only um, let them know about, you know, here, this is what I did, but go talk to your doctor because you don't want to interfere with the healthcare team's plan of action, if that makes sense. Um, right. No, absolutely. It's, it's another boundary I see being crossed, like, oh, your your doctor didn't do this. He's awful. And I'm like, maybe you should word that in a different way, because then you're creating conflict with the patient and their physician. Maybe the patient needs to eventually find a new doctor if they're not getting the care they want, but they need to go and ask the right questions. It all comes down to conversations, doesn't it? Everything is about communicating. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are the patient's rights and responsibilities? I think uh, they really need to know that. Sure. So we do have some listed on our website. They are quite long. Um, but essentially, there, there are certainly um, things that every single patient is entitled to, um, which is your, your just basic rights as a dialysis patient. And um, some of that is, is basic dignity and respect, Mm -hmm. Um, You have the right to receive, you know, quality of care uh, in a safe, conflict-free environment. Uh, You have the right to choose your doctor. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have the right to refuse care uh, if it's something that you're not comfortable with. And you have the right to file a complaint or grievance when you have any concerns about your care. And, I, and there's a couple ways that you can do that if you'd like me to review those. Sure. I, I mean, I think it's so important because if you're having a problem with anybody at the facility or if there's a boundary being crossed, it's a really good idea to, you know, perhaps talk to the social worker, talk to the nurse administrator, say, I want to speak to you in confidence about something. And chances are that your, your comments are kept in confidence, right? They're not going to go blurted out to everybody that... Uh, one of our patients said something. No, there's certainly a process that needs, you know, needs to be followed. And, and I would even say, you know, and I tell the staff this all the time, too, that especially when it comes time to boundary crossing, it is really important that we all be able to advocate for ourselves when we feel uncomfortable in a situation. And, and a lot of times the reason for that is because we have to be able to show that individual what we're talking about. Um, I don't think that people do it intentionally. Again, I think that we get comfortable and we just sort of say what, what comes, you know, first thing to mind and we're not meaning to offend anyone or make anyone uncomfortable. And so sometimes it really does take being sort of confronted about it in that moment. And, and that could be anything of, um, you know, staff calling you sweetheart instead of your name. And, and if that bothers you, you know, it's something that you need to say, hey, I'd really appreciate it, actually, if you just called me Eileen. Um, right. You know, same thing with any kind of uncomfortable touching or anything. You know, let them know in that moment. Redirect the behavior so that they understand um, the, what they're violating. Uh, if it continues, then absolutely it needs to be escalated. Um, you can certainly tell the social worker or someone in management, uh, your concern and confidence, but understand uh, that they may, you know, there may need to be some disclosure in order for them to actually address it. So right. it should certainly be navigated very, very carefully. Um, nobody wants to put you in a position where you're going to feel unsafe than being around that staff because you quote unquote complained about them. 
Um, but it needs it needs to be addressed because again, your your comfort and your your safety is the number one priority. And if if someone is putting you in a position that you do not feel good in, it needs to change. So tell us a little bit about the grievance process. If you're feeling very uncomfortable and things aren't being worked out through the different channels, what actions can patients take? Sure. So, so like I said, that you always have the, the opportunity to sort of address it in the moment with the person that you're having the issue with. If you do not feel comfortable doing that, then you have several other options. Um, the, your dialysis facility will have an internal process that gives you the option to file a grievance with them. So uh, whatever that process is, it could vary a little bit from dialysis facility to dialysis facility, uh, but it is something that you're provided upon admission. So uh, if that was a long time ago or you don't remember signing it, that's totally fine. You can absolutely ask your staff to see a copy of it at any time so that you can understand what that internal process is. It's typically uh, pretty casual, and so you can really just ask to speak to somebody about a concern. Um, from a network standpoint, I feel like you should be able to express your concern to any staff member that you feel comfortable talking to. Um, it is possible that they might redirect you to the facility administrator or the social worker, and if that's their policy, then that's fine. Uh, we just want to make sure that it goes through through the proper channels. So you can either um, skip that process altogether. So some patients just don't feel comfortable filing a grievance internally, and we totally understand that. Um, so you can, if you, you can either skip it or say you, you used it and you don't feel like it was helpful, nothing happened, um, or your, your concerns weren't resolved. Then you can also um, reach out to the network. So that's uh, me here on Network 18. You can call us and file the grievance uh, with the network. And then we have a process that we follow here. So we have, um, we'll request records, we'll talk to staff, we'll take your full account of what your concerns are, and then we basically just open a full uh, investigation and, and do our digging, sort of trying to look at what happened, um, how it can be fixed, and how we can make sure that it never happens again. So that's really sort of the network's goal. Well, and I also think that creating good relationships with your staff just comes down to basic manners and acknowledgement. I know for me that if I would walk in a unit and nobody like acknowledged me or would say, hi, Lori, we're, we're so, you know, we're happy you're here or some kind of greeting and the same for patients. Like we sometimes take it for granted. We don't look at people and that kind of sets the mood sometimes that, you know, I'm in a bad mood, so I'm going to make sure everybody else is in a bad mood. And that the staff, to have good communication, make sure they sit and have eye contact with me when they're talking to me. Just all those little steps make you communicate better. And I think sometimes we get rushed and we just forget, oh, oh, Steve, go to chair one. Oh, did you weigh yourself, what, you're 24 kilos? Or, uh, well, I wish, two, that's, that's not very much. Uh, let's say uh, <laughs> 24, you got to lose 24 kilos. Um, um, but uh, just to acknowledge that we're people who have to have this treatment and 
good communication and happiness and greetings and saying, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, Just conversation that keeps the environment light is so important. And when yeah, go, absolutely. When you go to a dialysis unit, I don't know why it's this way, but most of the time the cooking channels are on. I don't know if there's some kind of sick, perverse humor that people have. And right? I was that one of those like people, torture. you know, you love the cooking <laughs> channel. You sit and watch all these stuff you can't eat. But there's certain topics that I think are important that you can discuss among people. And the topics that you should not discuss to create good relationships is politics and religion because inevitably you may have some create a difficult situation <laughs> um uh, do you ever hear anything about in, in those regards or any comments on that like there's certain topics you should talk about to your professional and certain ones you should not talk about yeah i mean i think anything that sort of can ignite um too much passion in us are probably good areas to to Avoid. skip over. Yeah, and I and I think that was something I was also going to mention when we were talking about social media is that you know people are so quick to share a lot of views on some things that that do cause some contention right. uh, between us in society in general. And so I think that we have to be careful too of how much do we really want to know about each other. Um Sometimes it can be hard not to to pass judgment on somebody if they have an opinion about something that that differs greatly from our own because it may be something that we feel very strongly about. Right. And so that, you know, that can oftentimes cause a rift in that relationship. So certainly I I think that politics and religion should be um completely off off limits in the dialysis facility because we just it's a time and a place and um you know, we don't need to be adding sort of any uh, fuel to anybody's fire when it comes to those topics. Well, and you know, another topic that I've learned I can get upset about is when people do not have the same values of animals that I have. And right. I actually had this conversation with a couple of healthcare professionals that, um, you know, I'm going to get transplanted and I need to keep my animals. And some people didn't have this, like, why would you want to put yourself at risk for that? Why don't you get rid of your animals? And I'm like, I was all like red. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't talk to this person anymore. They don't understand me. And so now I'm very careful when I engage in that conversation, because I know it's a button for me, is that I make sure that I don't divulge too much. I found a doctor, I found the team, I got the care I needed, but their perception of animals and healthcare were much different than what my perception of animals are. And I didn't realize that there's certain topics that you have to be careful about. I mean, um, because people have strong views on them. So it is politics. And and I guess the other issue that we should never talk about, you know, money comes up a lot. It comes up a lot through RSN as well, where we get people who come to a support group and they need resources. And it's really hard because how how do you set that boundary if they don't, have money to get back home when they got to, we had a patient once who came to our patient meeting and did not have money to get home. Wow. And, you know, that's another topic that can be brought up if you are friends with social media. And we ended up paying for her Uber to get home because I didn't want to leave her there. There's some things that I would say 
that that it's not necessarily always sort of a fair playing ground, I guess. So right. I would say that if a, if a patient wants to discuss a financial need with staff, I would say go for it because if it's something that you need assistance with, they are there to help you. Right. What I wouldn't see as appropriate is a staff person talking about their financial needs right. to a patient, right? So, so there's certainly different standards, I would say, as to sort of what is appropriate to talk about and not talk about, depending on which position you're in. I mean, you're there four hours. Where else can you be somewhere four hours? And it, it's important to express your needs. But yes, I, I would agree with that. It's... um. If, if uh, a lot of people are having financial difficulties, so they need to, you know, express what their needs are, but then don't cross a boundary with another patient. Because I see, sure. you know, in the waiting room, <laughs> um, you know, I don't have any money. And then, you know, it's it's a difficult, difficult for patient to patient boundaries as well as staff and patients. Right, right. So when it comes to good communication, Eileen, um Maybe we should just review some tips that people need to remember when they come to a unit. And I know for myself, when we walk into any room, you need to greet people, you need to say hello, you need to recognize them, you need to not shout their weight across the room. I hated when they have, oh, Lori is X number of kilos. I'm like, thank you very much. All right. Um, and, and just remember that we're in a situation where we spend a lot of time together and you have to work on good relationships. I mean, I've been married 23 years, you know, you have to communicate and you, uh, and I probably spent a lot of time with some of my staff as much as I did with my own family. So it, it's, it's just a breeding ground to have a mishap. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I think what we need to keep in mind is that everybody, you know, comes to the unit with the best of intentions. None of us wake up in the morning and think that, you know, I'm going to go in and treat so-and-so poorly today. Um, we're all people and we're all complex and we all have a lot going on. And so making sure that we stay kind and respectful, no matter which side of the fence that we're sitting on, whether we're a patient or the provider or a care partner or a visitor, we all need to be, to be sure that we're sort of walking that line of just, just being kind and respectful to each other. Um, you know, I think it's really up to us. Um, how much we want to self-disclose. And I think that, you know, as, as adults in uh, the relationship with your dialysis providers and the other patients, you need to sort of determine what is and what isn't comfortable for you. Right. And ultimately, you need to trust your gut. If something is telling you that it doesn't feel right, then you're probably right. And you have the right to protect yourself, to stand up for yourself, or to ask for help in that situation. Well, and um, we need to give people the benefit of the doubt because uh, people who have kidney disease who come to dialysis, they have bad days. Sometimes staff have bad days. You know, they just, you know, something went wrong at home or they had a flat tire on the way to work or who knows, a million things. So we always have to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think, too, that staff need to give patients a pass sometimes because, I, I often hear, too, oh, my God, the patient was yelling. They were angry. Well, you know, when you're told your kidneys don't work, <laughs> you're angry. <laughs> and, and, and the patient recognized to be able to say that, look, I am just so full of emotions right now. I'm, I'm very sorry. Just being aware to say that. Like, I, 
I can't even handle all these emotions. So when I'm told to wait another 20 minutes for my dialysis treatment chair um, and, and be realize that, you know, we're super emotional at times because, you know, our health is not well. And I hear that all the time from healthcare professionals. Oh, God, the patient's angry. Good. <laughs> Means they're working through the emotions. You know, there's shock, denial, fear, anger, depression, grief. And then finally, understanding acceptance. And my last go around for dialysis when before my fourth transplant, I had experienced such anger that I had never experienced before. And because I had problems with access, I, I, I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff going on. And it was very precarious because I'm running out of accesses and I was still trying to maintain all the different, you know, workload I had. And what really was the core issue of it is I was totally out of control. I didn't have any control. And, and I was so angry. And luckily, I could recognize that that was anger. But I've actually talked to people who call RSN, they don't even know it's anger. They don't even know that's what they're feeling. And so um, it's really important for us to get in touch with what different feelings look like and then figure out what coping skills we can use to help them. And uh, and then it'll help us have a better treatment because and, you know, have a better attitude at treatment. So I started bringing arts and crafts to dialysis with me. Because I had to, I had to control myself. I had to control my, you know, something to keep myself busy, or I would just get um, severe anxiety and frustrated. But anyways, uh, it was just really difficult to sometimes be cheerful, and I was so thankful when a staff member would say, "You know, I'm really sorry you're going through this, Lori," and that was just like made me feel so good that somebody recognized the pain I was in. And just said, I'm so sorry you're going through this, I, you know, just validating that I was actually having these emotions. So so um, we all need to, to brush up on communication. And Eileen, thank you so much. Um, you're such a great resource and you're so well-spoken on like every topic. I don't think there's a topic you don't know about. You just know oh. all the different topics. <laughs> I always you, I always learn something from you, Eileen. So so if you're oh, up for me, a raise, tell them that well. I highly recommend you get one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. And uh, and thank you for talking about this subject. We'll we'll um, provide some links on this page so that you can get additional information. But um, I think the motto is just keep everything positive and work to keep good relationships in your healthcare setting. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.